0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Oh Wow! The Podcast, a weekly analysis of every episode of Skins UK, starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we'll be covering season 1, episode 2, Cassie. Before we get into the analysis, I have a few sentiments to share First of all, if you're listening from Texas, my thoughts are with you. I hope you have plenty of shelter and food and are safe during this difficult time. I am very grateful to say that the first episode of this podcast has listeners in states all across the U.S. as well as 16 countries around the world. I was perfectly happy making this podcast just for myself to listen to, but it's really powerful knowing that skins can unite the globe, and a lot of that is thanks to the subreddit r slash tv. I have to give a shout out to the super kind people who gave me really positive feedback and took the time to listen to the first episode. I was thinking it might be fun to start a Reddit user shout out segment where I ask a question in this episode post it in the Reddit thread, and then you can answer it in the comments, and I'll pick someone's answer and read it on the next week's episode and give a shout out to that user. If you guys want to try that, I'll just give it a shot this week. So as I sit surrounded by six feet of snow in Chicago, only one question comes to mind, which is, What is your current dream vacation? If there were no pandemic, where would you go? And what would you do? So I will post it in the Reddit. You can answer in the comments and I will read out someone's answer in the next ep. We'll see how this segment goes. I'm excited to try it. Getting into the episode, I was wondering how I was even watching Skins in 2007, since it certainly wasn't on Netflix or Hulu. I don't even remember if Netflix had shows back in 2007 or if we were still getting DVDs in the mail, but I digress. I believe I started watching episodes that were uploaded onto YouTube, probably recommended after my MySpace hair tutorials and emo boys making out compilations. Those low-resolution YouTube uploads made a huge impact on me and so many others, and I particularly remember watching this episode, Cassie's episode, and it just really striking a chord with me. I also feel obligated to give a massive trigger warning for eating disorders for this whole episode. Do with that what you will. We open to the crew the morning after a house party at Michelle's parents' house. Cassie wakes up in the sunlight in her little party dress and she has cold oatmeal all over her hand. We start with a full body shot to observe how slim her body is. She gets up and talks to Jal and they mock Chris's tiny penis, as we must, in the spirit of Skin's humor. And she walks to the kitchen, sees Anwar praying outside, and my first thought is that in Tony's episode, he is the main actor throughout the whole episode. He is making decisions, he is taking initiative. In Cassie's episode, we see her more as an observer, She is sort of a background character in her own life, and we see the world through her eyes, whereas in Tony's episode, we just see him, the focus is on him. And I think that was probably intentional in some ways on the director's part. In the last episode, I decided to have a fashion award segment for the best dressed character in the episode, I've decided to call that Bristol's Best, and right off the bat, Cassie wins Bristol's Best Award in this iconic party outfit. I've always loved this outfit. She has gold Mary Jane style shoes, a gold party dress with sequins in the front, as was popular at the time, crimped golden hair, and smudged makeup, and I just love this outfit and have to give it the award. Cassie walks upstairs to try to wake Michelle up and warn Michelle that they should probably clean up the house before her mother gets home, but Michelle doesn't want to get up. So Cassie walks over to Sid, who is asleep on the floor, and peels off a post-it note that says virgin on his forehead and gives him a lipsticked kiss while he slumbers We see Cassie as sort of a manic pixie dream girl character right off the bat, which is a trope that I believe is rooted in neurodivergency, trauma, and mental illness, which holds true to Cassie's life, as we'll see. And I think that giving someone a mysterious kiss on the forehead while they sleep, leaving a lipstick stain, is very manic pixie dream girl behavior, and I'm here for it. I love it. Cassie walks outside. She meets Anna and Malcolm. That's Michelle's mom and her boyfriend, who are very bubbly in comparison to Cassie, who seems pretty withdrawn. She has a polite conversation with them, and we just see her contrast in personality compared to most of the other people in the world around her. Michelle's mom walks in the house and is just shrieking because there's food all over the place from the food fight they had. The house is completely ruined, and we see the cast running out the window, sprinting down the street in their underwear. It's a scene that never fails to bring a smile to my face. We flash to Cassie sitting on the bus going home, and she sees a post-it note on the window of the bus that just says EAT in all capital letters, similar to the virgin post-it note that she peeled off of Sid's forehead. She makes eye contact with a little girl sitting in front of her who has food smeared all over her face, and it's a pretty obvious symbolic representation of how children don't worry about being messy and eating, and they're not self-conscious yet, and there's this very clear connection between childhood innocence that has somehow been lost as Cassie became a teenager, which opens up a lot of questions. These questions are further invited as she gets home and we meet Marguerite and Marcus, her mom and dad, who are just hypersexual right away. And it's, very overwhelming. Cassie's parents are a sharp contrast to the stonums who were just screaming and fighting, and we see the parallels where Cassie is taking care of her younger sibling as Tony was looking out for Effie, because whether they're hypersexual or fighting all the time, all of the parents are just caught up in their own worlds and are totally negligent, so there's the parallel there. While babysitting her younger sibling, Cassie gets a text that says eat, and she sort of just stares at it and swallows a pill. We don't really know what kind of pills she's taking through these episodes, but presumably some sort of psychiatric medication. I feel like Cassie's home life is just incredibly overstimulating, and I personally would find it extremely overwhelming to have such in-your-face, invasive parents with no boundaries. That is, like, I think, the root of the issue, where it makes Cassie want to just retreat into herself and retreat into her own world, where she can make the rules instead of having them imposed by others. She's in the cab with Alan, who's a great character. He's the cab driver. And in the Hulu rendition of this episode they changed the song which I think someone on the reddit pointed out but am I tripping or was it move bitch in the original episode is the song playing and they changed it to some other like generic hip-hop song no offense to the artist of the replacement song but it was so good in the original version and I think that they changed it or I'm just hallucinating the past I don't know Uh, We see Cassie at the Restoration Rehab, that's the name of it, and one of the girls in rehab for eating disorder treatment with her. They're both faking their way ins and I mean, this just gave tools to a young, impressionable generation of girls in the real world who definitely didn't need to be taught all of these tricks, but alas, that's what happened. Cassie meets with the director of restoration who we find out is Abigail's mother as she is screaming at Abigail on the phone about the party in front of Cassie and we see an example of another incompetent parent. Surprise, surprise. While this is happening, Cassie watches a resident of the rehab being beaten and dragged basically by the staff outside, which is somewhat disturbing. Then Cassie joins the group therapy, and Mad Twatter is in the group therapy. He's talking about how Sid cheated him and basically screwed him over and is being gaslit by the therapist who's like, that's not really what happened, even though it actually is. A really funny moment I've never noticed before is that Mad Twatter calls Sid a fat fuck, and I don't know why that just cracked me up, because it's just so out of left field. And Mad Twatter has Sid's school ID, so we know that he will be seeking revenge, and it's somewhat ominous. We flash to the school. Sid is getting his lunch in the cafeteria, and we are introduced to Kenneth at the cafeteria, who is one of the sort of side main characters, I would say. I don't think he gets as much screen time as he deserves, but at least we meet him in this episode. Sid sits down at the cafeteria table, and Cassie walks in and asks to join him, which he accepts. She just roasts him right away and says, you love Tony, which is just absolutely true and he's just sort of in this like hungover, greasy state, and just sort of nods. Then we have the classic eating disorder scene. If you haven't watched the episode, you're probably better off. I'm not going to give all the details, because you've either seen it, so you know what I'm talking about, or you haven't, and I don't need to give you tricks for maintaining an eating disorder, but it's a very... Infamous scene that really hit the Zanga and LiveJournal pro Anna forums hard back in the day, which I am only slightly ashamed to say that I was heavily invested in. Sid, instead of just sort of ignoring her like everyone else does, actually calls her out and says, Isn't this basically lying to everyone? And she's clearly set aback because she's not used to anyone giving her pushback or really listening to what she's saying at all, which is pretty relatable. Then Sid offhandedly says, I care when she says no one cares about her problems. And I internally screamed as much as I called Sid a sad loser in the last episode. That doesn't stop my tweenage heart from beating at the relationship blossoming between Cassie and Sid, no matter how toxic it is. Speaking of toxic, Tony comes in and joins the two of them at their lunch table and starts just shitting on both of them immediately and Sid kind of defends Cassie and Cassie helps Sid by pushing a drink onto Tony's lap and the two of them we see the first signs of rebelling against Tony's authority over everyone. And as a united friend, it's pretty entertaining to watch them stand up to him. Tony goes into the locker room to dry off his pants and walks in on Angie, the psychology professor who is nude and changing. Sid walks in to talk to Tony and sort of just averts his gaze, and then Chris comes in to join them and panics and rushes everyone out while getting a glimpse of Angie's nude body, and she seems pretty proud of her effect on the literal children in her presence, which is disturbing, but this ties into a later scene we flashback to Cassie, who is on a balcony in the school manifesting for Sid to like her, much like the people on TikTok who use these love spells to get people to like them. But unfortunately, Sid doesn't look up as she hopes, and only creepy people are obviously attracted to her, which is so painfully relatable when you are interested in someone, and the only people who are open about their attraction to you are creepy old men or literal seventh graders. We see Sid complaining about his situation with the mad twatter, and I noticed that Cassie's episode heavily features Sid's problems, but Tony's episode was just Tony's perspective and his issues with people so right away we're setting a precedent that Cassie's story and Sid's issues are intertwined. Back in the classroom where Sid was complaining to Angie about his situation with the mad twatter, she basically dismisses him because she doesn't have any advice on the issue, And then Chris walks in, and ding, 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 I might have to find a sound effect for this, but Chris, you're a victim! She has this, like, cheesy porno moment where she's trying to seduce him, and he's flirting back, and again, when I first watched this when I was younger, I didn't think much of it, except like, ooh, that's naughty, but now I just see the power dynamics. And I don't know, it really icks me out. Cassie gets a text message that says EAT in all capital letters again, and thinks that Sid is texting her to eat because it coincides with when he's on his phone in class. And we see that she's just attributing a lot externally to him that is actually coming from her internal world, which is a theme in their relationship continuing on. Mad Twatter comes in as the substitute teacher. He's used Sid's ID to find out what school he goes to and has finessed a substitute teaching position in their class, and I was laughing so hard because if you look at Mad Twatter in this scene, he looks like the grown-up Kurt from Glee, I don't know what it is, it's like the twee blazer shirt and the suit jacket and the hairstyle. He looks so much like a grown-up Kurt Hummel. It's hilarious. I recommend you go back and look at that scene. After class, everyone is surrounding Sid and trying to console him and figure out a solution for his issues with Mad Twatter now that Mad is literally in their classroom and no one knows what to do. Sid calls his mom, basically crying for help. Cassie walks out and sees him close his phone. She gets another text message that says, eat. And once again, things sits from Sid. So she walks up to him and is like, thank you for trying to help me, even though it's not going to do anything, but I appreciate your trying. And Sid is just so confused, he has no idea what she's talking about, and she says, look at the text messages you sent me telling me to eat, and he says, Cassie, I never sent you any text messages, I have no idea what you're talking about. She checks the phone, and there are zero messages, so we're left wondering if this was a hallucination, some sort of maladaptive daydreaming, or what It's never really explained, but it is really sad. My heart really sunk for Cassie because she's just looking for someone to care about her. And now Sid is this person that she feels so attached to and just watching him not return the feelings is so painful. I think we've all been in a similar situation even if it's not related to eating disorders, but just where you feel like someone cares about you in the way that really you need to just care about yourself, but you're seeking that like external validation from someone and you'll find it even if they're not actually showing it. It's really heartbreaking. When she realizes that Sid was never texting her and all of those messages were just not even real, She is so upset. She runs home through the doors of her parents, who are just being messy as always, and she runs into her bedroom, opens the drawer full of hidden away snacks. I just have to interject and say that her tote bag is, it says bread's band on it. It's like this really cute tote bag. I never noticed it before, but It's really adorable. So she's in her room and realizes her eating disorder is bad and she's really desperate for help. So she calls Alan and Alan meets up with her at a diner and she basically explains to him what happened with Sid and he tells her, just eat. The episode ends with Cassie biting into a burger and we're just left with sort of wondering what's going to happen next. There are so many important messages in this episode. It's less humorous than the previous episode, but it really brings in the idea of what they're looking for in relationships, is what they lack from their parents, and this is something that took me a while to understand as I got older, that if you don't have a stable, loving, safe home environment with your family, your early relationships are going to seek what you're missing, so Cassie is looking at Sid for validation and care and some structure that she lacks at home. Fortunately, Alan does seem to be a good sort of father figure substitute for her, and I'm grateful for him to be there for her when she needs someone. Um, But she's definitely looking for Sid to provide the love that she needs, and I think, in a way, all of the characters are looking for what they're missing. I definitely relate to this, and when I was a teenager, I know that my relationships were looking for boundaries and support and validation of myself, and it took a long time to learn that those things come from within. The love for yourself comes from within. But when you are a teenager, you're not emotionally intelligent enough. You Literally, your brain is still developing, so you don't know how to provide that love for yourself. So you do look for it externally, and I think that's normal. It's just also really sad to watch it play out and watch someone desperately searching for love and affection that they should have in their home environment. I personally just love Cassie as a character. I know people kind of either love her or hate her, um, but I just think she's a really beautifully written character, and a lot of people don't find her relatable, but I think Cassie represents the demographic of people who grew up feeling unheard and unseen, and Like the side character in their own story which is super relatable for me you have to learn how to become the protagonist in your story and it doesn't mean you have to act like tony (laughs) but it means that you step up to the plate and learn how to care for yourself and treat yourself like you are worthy and you are important and that can be really hard when you just feel pushed to the side your whole life. We will explore these themes more next week in episode 3, and I just thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode and talk about skins with me. I'm also looking forward to the comments for the user shout-out section on Reddit, keep an eye out for the Reddit post, and... Check us out at Oh Wow the podcast on Instagram, and this podcast is now available. I think on basically every platform: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, as well as on Anchor. So thank you so so much. I will see you guys next Friday, and we'll be back to talk about episode three. Have a great week. Thank you.